Coming to you from the heart of the Pacific Northwest, with mouths as big as the Columbia River, egos as tall as Mount Rainier, smooth as the drive from Vancouver, B.C. to Portland, Oregon, it's the Northwest Convergence Zone. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Northwest Convergence Zone. Big D here with you. A uh, happy post-Easter to you all. I uh, hope you're all stuffed with chocolate bunnies and Easter eggs. You got your fill till, uh, what, I guess Halloween Watch now? Watch those real ones, though. They're, they can be wicked. <laughs> Make sure that egg's <laughs> boiled, all right? Uh, yeah, I hope everybody made it through Easter and you all went to church or uh, did whatever it is that you do on Easter, had the Easter egg hunt, and uh, it was good for you. So we got a very special edition of the Northwest Convergence Zone today. This is a big deal for us, and we'll get to that in a moment, but just want to welcome you to our show another week and we're solidly in spring now and we are we're loving it it's a great time we're getting the golf swing back into uh action and that's always a good time big joe how's it going over there hey it's going great everybody this is big joe checking in and uh wishing you post easter greeting and salutations from the city of six foot rabbits (laughs) if you can see them like i can harvey uh the city of destiny in the man cave tacoma washington and, of course, we have Double D with us. As always, Double D, how was your Easter egg hunt, my man? Well, my uh, the best thing about Easter is you take the marshmallow... Uh, the peeps? Yeah, and you put them in the microwave. <laughs> and watch them expand. And, uh, and hit, it's just, hit high. Yeah, I, it is I, just great. I just love them. I don't like eating them, but... You have fun you with them. I, I thought you said them. the best thing was taking the peeps and giving them to your neighbors. Here, you take them. <laughs> I don't want them. No, <laughs> those, put them in the microwave. Is this really... is. is this is the only time of year they come up with those those weird marshmallow concoctions. Do they have them any other time of the year? I don't they know. Never... Probably at the dollar store you can. No. Oh uh, yeah, you can get them. You can go yeah. check the dollar store in three months. They'll have the Easter peeps. They out. never sell any of them. They're just the same peeps. Yeah, well, over and over and over again. And do they ever get hard? I mean, can you ever use them as like a hockey puck or a doorstop, or they just stay the way they are? In the post 2012 world, we'll just be eating peeps and Twinkies. Because I think, <laughs> I think the peeps they're selling now are the one they manufactured 20 years ago. Yes. Oh my goodness. All right. Well, so enough about the peeps. Uh, We don't want to forget Squeeze and Wonder Boy. We appreciate them as always being here. Can't tell you uh, enough what they do for our show. Even though you don't hear them, they work tirelessly and hard back there. We always appreciate those guys. I want to hip you again to a show that's coming up that I think everybody should attend. It is on the 17th of this month the month of April. Alicia Wood, very funny comedian, is going to be playing at the Jewel Box in Seattle. Get your tickets on brownpapertickets.com. We have a link on our website to that. And then the day after, on the 18th, on our little old podcast show, she's going to drop in and all hell will ensue. Ensue. But, or yes. or ensue. I don't know. <laughs> Zuli. Uh, that was one too many uh, yeah, sugar rush peep that I was, I'm on right there. But anyway. I could tell you and give you a warning about the date April 17th, but we'll have to go into that some other time. Yeah, don't don't spoil it for us, man. Alright, so anyway, uh, Alicia Wood is going to be up there in Seattle. I highly recommend that show. But today on our program is a big, big deal for us. It is not often that you get to chat with a not only a legend, but a rock and roll hall of famer. 
Yes. Okay. And it's somebody who's being who has been immortalized and will forever be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And of course, we're talking about the band The Ventures and the man that we're going to talk to, Don Wilson. And super nice guy. He was uh, very friendly and gracious enough to do an interview with us. Why? I'll, I have no idea. I'll never know. But it was fun. And we were able to sit sit and chat with him. And he, uh, we were on the phone. And we had a, just a stellar time. He had a lot of great things to teach us. And this is how that went. Fine with us today is the legendary Don Wilson from The Ventures. Doesn't get much better than this, folks. The Ventures, a great band out of Tacoma. I can just tell you, growing up as a kid, uh, a lot of times I would get the whole, you're from Tacoma, what's in Tacoma? And all I had to do was mention two things, Fabulous Whalers and, of course, The Ventures, and you got immediate respect. Don, welcome to the program. Uh, thank you. Thank you. So tell us, Don, about growing up in Tacoma. How was that for you? Set the scene for us. What was it like back then? Well, quite different. I mean, uh, you know, I was born 77 years ago, so. <laughs> <laughs> A couple of things have yeah, changed. Everything was different, uh, you know, completely, totally. Television was just coming in, and everybody used to sit around and listen to the radio, you know. Uh, that's where, how far I go back. But Tacoma is always, uh, uh, you know, kind of a sleepy little town. There's not too much going on, except before they had I-5, they had Highway 99, which went right through uh, where I lived, was South Tacoma, and Highway 99 went right through there. Really? Because that's so that's that's where at times. That's where know. we're at right now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, we're right off. Yeah, I, I live in, uh, you know, just about. 20 minutes outside of Seattle right now. I'm still in this area, yes. although I did move to Los Angeles uh, when, you know, Walk Don't Run started to uh, climb up the charts because, uh, you know, that's where the, the hub of the record business is. So Oh, sure. Um, lured you away. Yeah, I moved down there. I was down there for 35 years. And now, then I, I moved back up here in 1995. I, I just, I love this area, you know, and I really miss it. And where where did you go to high school while you were here? Uh, I went to Lincoln in Tacoma, yeah. Okay, yeah. And uh, Buck and those guys were all over at Stadium. You guys were rivals. <laughs> yeah, but of course I wouldn't know that because they're a lot younger than I am. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I do remember one thing is... Uh, and I still have the uh, the advertisement for it, you know, like a, a poster that says uh, all the groups that play this, that Tacoma Armory. And that's before we ever had a hit or they ever had anything going. I think it was 1958 or, or 59, probably. Wow. And, uh, you know, we were, uh, my partner and I, Bob Bogle, who sadly passed away last June, uh, you know, we started the ventures. We're the uh, founding uh, grandfathers, I guess you'd call us. <laughs> oh, the founding fathers. But yes. Um, anyway, those you know, playing that kind of music at that time, like Walk Don't Run or any rock and roll, was all all done by you know, sixteen, seventeen year olds. And I think that's about the age that the the whalers were at that time. And we were like twenty four and twenty five. And and we were old men. 
<laughs> you hear people say, who's these old guys? <laughs> you know, at 25 years old. We were right. old playing that kind of music. Well, now, when you were 16 and uh, roaming around South Tacoma and... Uh-huh. You know, you met up, you started your band with Bob, and uh, I, I think a lot of people, we all know the history of how you were a car salesman, and yeah, that's right. you guys went and worked together, but what were you, who were you listening to, and who were your influences during that time? I was mostly into country music, believe it or not, but you know, I, I had a real varied uh, like of music. I, I love the big band stuff, you know? Yes. Uh, Glenn Miller and Tommy Dorsey, and I, I just love that. And, and one of my favorite singers was Bing Crosby. So, you know, uh, but, uh, you know, about half of that uh, pop, more pop stuff, and half country. Well, I find so, that uh, I find that interesting. And, uh, yeah, because you guys created... Well, rock and roll had not even been heard of at that time. That's right. Yeah, exactly. No, well, no. You guys basically invented it. Yeah, I don't know about that. Well, instrumentally, maybe. Yeah. Well, I find I I found a, a fact that I thought was interesting. I, I read somewhere that your first single, which was titled "Cookies and Coke," right? Uh, according to your website, was a total flop, and that it took you and Bob several months to save up to record your next CD. That's and right. I was or your CD, your next <laughs> record. Yeah, vinyl. Yeah, vinyl. Uh, yeah. I was wondering during that time when you, after you put out Cookies and Coke to the time you recorded your next one, did you did you ever feel like giving up or like this just wasn't working for you? Oh no, uh, I never felt like giving up. Neither one of us. We used to, uh, you know, go on these construction jobs. You see what happened. And I have to explain it to your audience. Just a, a short little uh, synopsis of what happened. Sure. Uh, my partner Bob Bogle. I was selling cars, and he came in to buy a car. And uh, you know, I knew every car on the lot. And uh, he would point to a car, and I said, you know, after I got talking to him a little while, I, you know, we had a good rapport. Never mentioned anything about guitars or anything. It's just that we had a good rapport. And I wasn't doing too good because it's, it's like I did with him. I'd, he'd point to a car, and I, I would tell him, you don't want that car. <laughs> a good salesman. You were too honest. Would say, uh, you know, oh, that's the best car in the lot. you got to take that one. <laughs> they want to get rid of the junk, you know. Right. But no, I couldn't do it. Uh, that's why. So I asked him, I said, do you think you could get, uh, what do you do? He says, well, I'm uh, in the bricklayer's trade, and uh, I said, well, do you think you could get me on there? I'm not doing too good here. And he, uh, about a month later, he came back and said he got me a job. And so that's how, how we met. Now, do you and remember which... Later on, we uh, decided we're out of town so much that we like, we need something to do. I knew a few chords on a guitar, and so did he, but we didn't know that we did until we started talking about it. Neither one of us actually owned a guitar, so we went and bought a couple of guitars in downtown Tacoma, Pacific Avenue. Nice. And uh, bought a couple of used uh, guitars. Well, uh, you know, we wanted electric, and I, I can't remember what they were. Probably a Stella, if anybody knows about that, or oh, Harmony, sure. Which, uh, you know, uh, I think the the uh, and being used. I think that the uh, strings were about an inch above the neck. <laughs> uh, and I think we paid about $15 a piece for them. But we bought some chord books, you know, wanted to learn how to play. 
uh, you know, we would go on long trips and talk about what we were going to do. It's almost like prayer, you know. What I mean? <laughs> but it's it's just positive thinking is what it is. And talking, boy, if we could just pick up nothing heavier than a guitar and just play local gigs and give up our day job, you know what I mean? That was the and dream. That, that was our goal to begin with. And here's Mushroom didn't do 250 albums later. Yes. Well, uh, I was going to say the flip side to the Cookies and Coke uh, uh-huh. not being a big hit or really doing much. A year and a half later, you have the number two hit record in the entire nation. Tell us how That's that true, happened. Yeah. How, yeah, how does that happen? And, and it would have been number one if it weren't for the competition at that time. Yeah, Itsy Bitsy, uh, Teeny uh, Weeny. Give you an idea what was top five at that time. Itsy Bitsy, Teeny Weeny, Yellow Polka Dot Bikini. Right. Okay. <laughs> uh, uh, only the Lonely, Roy Orbison. Well, I can't argue with that. The Twist, Chubby Checker. Yes. Um, uh, uh, let's see, uh, Elvis Presley. Uh, it's Now or Never. That was our competition of the top five. That's we a... used to go down, and uh, when I was in Los Angeles, we'd buy the billboard as soon as it came out, see if we went to number one. We never did. Uh, we all stayed at number two. Any other time, it would have been a shoe-in for number one. But with that kind of competition, what happened was that, uh, you know, three would switch with one <laughs> and, and back and forth. We stayed at two for probably two and a half months. Well, that's so, uh, uh, that's some heavy that's some heavy competition to be uh, dealing with Elvis, Roy Orbison, and those guys. Oh my gosh! Uh, yeah. but, but what an amazing thing! Two guys from Tacoma, and you're seeing your name up there with all those guys. Must have been exciting at the moment. Oh, it was. Oh, actually, yeah. I mean, you know, when we first heard our song here, uh, there's a disc jockey here that was extremely popular, and his name is Pat O'Day. Yes. And, uh, you know, he, we befriended him when he came from somewhere else, I can't remember where it was, to come to Seattle. Uh, he was uh, started on a very small station. And so we went into that station, and he could play whatever he wanted to. Uh, and he did play our first song, which I did a impersonation of uh, Walter Brennan uh, from The Real McCoys. You know, <laughs> right. On that first one, and that, you know, sold probably, I don't know, maybe 20 uh, records, and uh, I think, you know, 19 of them were to my relatives. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, you know, Pat O'Day, he, then he went to a uh, the biggest station in town, which was KJR. Right. And uh, they were the top 40 station, and of course he had no pull there yet. So uh, we had Walk, Don't Run, and we recorded it, and we got a hold of him, and he said, well, I'm not the program director. I can't play it. <laughs> really? Uh, he said, you know, that's uh, it's not up to me. I, so uh, he did call me a little later and said the, uh, the, the program director said that we could play it as what they call a news kicker. And five minutes before the hour, there's the news. Right. And he would uh, have uh, play something just before the news and not say what it is or who's doing it. And the way that they would find out that people liked it is how many calls they got. Well, he played Walk, Don't Run and never said anything about it, and the switchboard lit up. And so uh, they, they decided, well, we're going to put that on the, on the, the uh, playlist, you know, with, along with the top 40. Right. So um, they did, and it went to number one. 
Wow. And that was a big thrill to listen to Walk Don't Run just locally on the radio. That's uh, That was great. Oh, sure. And the switchboards have been lighting up ever since for that song. Walk Don't yeah. Run. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. It, it seems to be an evergreen, you know. <laughs> and so many... Uh, that's right. So many guitar players, and not only guitar players, but keyboard, uh, drummers. Uh, that was the first song they ever learned was Walk, Don't Run. Don, did you ever uh, connect with uh, Red Robinson up in Vancouver? Uh, I know the name, and I probably did talk to him or go up there at one time or another, but it would have been, you know, probably uh, when we were trying to have people play Walk, Don't Run. Right. And, yeah. you know, Walk, Don't Run, I mean, it, it is different. In hindsight, is different for everybody that turned it down because everybody turned it down. Sure. We would take it to radio stations here, and they would say, no, I don't think so. No, I don't think so. You know, it sounds like pretty run-of-the-mill. It's not run-of-the-mill. You know, in hindsight, sure. it's definitely not. And so we had, uh, um, when they played it as a news kicker, a, a guy that uh, had a record company here uh, called Dalton Records. And he had a group called the Fleetwoods he had had two number one hits with. He had called the radio station and said, who is that? And they, he was surprised to find out we were even local, you know. <laughs> sure. As it was just uh, meant to happen. And so he wanted, he called us, and my mom was doing a lot of the uh, business end of it for us and a lot of the legwork, you know, starting our own record company because nobody wanted us. Right. So uh, we did that, and, uh, and then he sent that uh, Walk, Don't Run down to his distributor, which was Liberty Records in Los Angeles. And the president of Liberty Records said, no, I don't think so. I don't think that's a hit. <laughs> and this guy here, his name is Bob Reisdorf, he said, uh, well, I'll tell you what. You put it out. If it loses money, I'll pay for it. And it went on to be a two, number two hit in the nation. So, oh, that's that's an awesome yeah, interesting story. Interesting story. Very interesting story. That's amazing. Well, now let's go from that and tell us how you got involved in doing Hawaii Five-0 and themes for other TV shows. I know you also did background music. How did right. that come about? How did you, is that when you moved to Los Angeles? Did that take hold there? How did that come about? Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, we moved to Los Angeles as, as you know as soon as we could. Uh, <laughs> although we did our first, uh, I'm not sure if it was two or three. It's been so long ago. Uh, I, but for sure, our first two albums up here at a place called Joe Bowles Studio. Oh, and he's the one that had recorded the Fleetwoods, who had a couple of number one hits. Right. And he, uh, there's a little bill in the blue notes here. That's right. And uh, he had a group called the Frantics, which was an instrumental group. And um, uh, they all recorded there at Joe Bowles. Now, it was a two-track. That was the biggest thing they had, a two-track TIAC. Wow. And, uh, you know, you, you, as we were, four pieces, you put the uh, bass and drums on one track and the lead and rhythm on the other. Right. And you know you have to. We probably took ten takes of it to get it just the way we wanted uh, to do it. You know, without making any flubs or anything like that, or anything we thought were anyway. We wanted it to be perfect. Sure. And so it probably did take uh, seven to ten takes or something like that. But Joe Bowles was an excellent engineer. Excellent. He even said, you know, I want you to. I'm going to mic your guitar strings. 
and I want to hear the sound of the pick hitting the strings. I never <laughs> did hear it, but that was something that he wanted to do. He was real inventive, uh, besides being very talented as a as an engineer. And of course, he owned the studio. He wasn't just an engineer, but his ecosystem <laughs> was. Uh, 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 a microphone hanging from his shower, <laughs> you know, that was the ecosystem. Wow. What part of town was that studio in? Uh, Seattle. Oh, that was up in Seattle. Okay. Uh, on Admiral Way or right. somewhere like that, yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm curious about this as well. You, you uh, and the Ventures have... 250 plus different albums including a classical music album you have a, a Christmas album all different styles of instrumental rock and so forth but you've been tagged with this surf rock label right I'm curious how you feel about uh, that label being a because if you google up the ventures it comes up surf rock but you, I, I've always thought of you as much bigger than that oh, well thank you and that's the truth what what it is is that you know we have a we have a classical album out, uh, you know that we had done uh, I, I think in the seventies. Right. And uh, you know we did Bach, Beethoven, and Mozart, <laughs> and venturized them, and uh, you know with lead guitar, and also one called Underground Fire that was uh, a different style and type. Uh, we've had uh, you know the the thing is that. One of our albums happened to be a surfing album, right. and it happened to sell like crazy. And so most people that have a Ventures album, not most maybe, but a lot, have that surfing album. And so we've been kind of labeled as a surf group, not only surf rock, but just surfing I've seen in, in some places, which I'm not crazy about that. We're, we're much, uh, and I'm not putting anything surf down. No. You know, because I like that music too. But sure. give us credit. Yes. You know, for, for you know, expanding uh, way beyond surf music. And, you know, I have read some things that said the very first surf song was, but it wasn't coined yet, that term, was <laughs> Walk Don't Run. You know, with right. the echo and the, and the whammy bar and all right. that well yeah it could have been well it was you certainly know, the, the it was certainly the beginning of surf but you're right the ter the term hadn't been coined yet and no, uh, i'm with you i think you guys uh, have proven yourselves much bigger than that I, it's a nice label but it, it's i was always i've just been curious how you felt about that but let's, well, let's just live it you know it limits yeah, us and, that, that's true uh, you know they don't feel that way in any other place in japan or europe or anywhere like that they don't really call us a surf rock group they they were a rock group you know instrumental rock yeah well let's talk a moment about japan you you guys are huge in japan you've, you've even been awarded honors by the japanese government and right. uh had have the number one japanese song of all time in uh, gensu right. gensu lights and yeah, i'm just i'm curious Ginza lights yeah Ginza lights i'm sorry yeah Ginza lights well, Ginza is the big shopping area in downtown tokyo and uh, not only, we've had 20 number one hits in Japan. Japan loves us. Yes, they and, do. And, uh, you know, we introduced the electric guitar to Japan when we went over there for the very first time in 1962. Wow. I mean, nobody had, uh, you know, I don't think there was an electric bass in the whole country. <laughs> and and uh, they couldn't afford only my partner and I, you know, two right. guitars. And that's right. what we did, play two guitars. 
And uh, unbeknownst to us, between 1962 and 64, they, uh, Toshiba Records, who had uh, affiliation here with Liberty Records, and then it went on to be a different uh, label, sold and, you know, uh, changed. So uh, they um, had been playing our our uh, our records on every radio station, every TV station, <laughs> coffee houses, loudspeakers. I mean, you know, we uh, because it was different for them, an electric guitar and rock sound. Sure. Well, so, what? Uh, you know, no, we became quite the thing. We we outsold the Beatles two to one. I saw that Beatles stat. Day yeah, that's. Japan. That is absolutely amazing. That, yeah, I, it is. I saw that stat. It almost floored me. Don, I'm curious if you could tell us what a Japanese audience and a show in Japan is like for the Ventures. Well, the audience has changed a lot. We first went over there. It was a sea of, uh, of uh, all black. You know, they're all like school kids, <laughs> all wearing dark you know, now of course they're they've westernized themselves and everything, but uh, it's it's more or less still that they appreciate your music, and they're very very quiet. Mm. I mean, you could hear a pin drop, you know. Oh really? Uh, but then the applause after we're through with the song just erupts. And so, that's the way it's always been, and it still is more or less today. Yeah. So during the song, they're very attentive. And then when you're yes, done, and then when you're done, they go crazy. Absolutely, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. So but that... not crazy, because they're too reserved for that. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. No, but I mean, just uh, applause that you almost have to say, "Okay, that's enough." You know? <laughs> Very good. <laughs> well, yeah. you're. Uh... Uh, it, it, Japan has been some experience for us. Yeah. Yeah. Here, of course, when we first started, we we went we we'd go on the road here for six months at a time. And you, you, you guys are still, you guys still go back, don't you, every year, basically? Oh, every year, twice. Yeah, yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, we just got back from Japan, and you know, we play uh, in the winter time. We're playing uh, Blue Note clubs, which are jazz clubs. Right. Yeah. And uh, you know, I think we're the only rock artists that ever plays there, and uh, we did uh, uh, eighteen shows in ten days. Oh, wow! This last January, and but we do that every year. Uh, every winter is the uh, Blue Note clubs, and now they have some called Billboard, which is affiliated with Billboard magazine. And uh, you know, we do two shows a night. And uh, the days that we were there for 14 days, and you think, oh, well, they had four days off. Oh, no, travel days <laughs> to the next place. And then last summer, uh, you know, which was our 50th anniversary, by the way. Yes. We did 55 shows in 80 days. Wow. Yeah. That, that's some and road warrior the same there. place twice. Yeah. And I, I've been doing that since, uh, you know, 1962. How do you keep that up, Don? Well, I'll tell you, people say, well, how do you do it? You know, yeah. I mean, I, I would defy, a, you know, a long time ago, we'd do 100 shows. One time we did 107 shows in 78 days with a day, without a day off. Holy and smokes. I would defy any 18-year-old to do what we do. And even still, uh, last year, at my age, you know, 
I mean, uh, I, I'm so used to it, I don't even think about it. They say, how do you do it? I just do it. It I just, don't even think about it because it's automatic. It just know, takes I've over been you. Doing huh? it for so long, I have never missed a show in Japan. Wow, never. that's amazing. Yeah. Well, well, let's talk for a moment about your line of Wilson Brother guitars. They're very cool, and okay. we just saw you on uh, Shop NBC recently. Yeah. <laughs> Can you tell us a little about a little bit about the evolution of how you? started this company and became a guitar mogul now yeah well that's my my son's company actually tim wilson that that's uh, that's his company okay he called me and said that he wanted to be a distributor for the uh company that we were uh you know had our ventures model on in japan which was aria guitars Right. And so, uh, and a real good guitar, except for one thing. They wanted us to play their old arias, and we said, no, we don't want to play those. If you want us, our na name on your guitar, you better make a guitar to our specs, to our specifications, you know. Yes. Uh, and we want this, and we want that. And I don't know how many times that they had sent it to us and said, yeah, we corrected this, and we did that. And, of course, we could say, no, you didn't do good enough. you got to do better than that. <laughs> this is, you know, and there, besides that, there's something else. And, they, you know, it took, I'd say, about two years before we accepted. And they probably brought it to us 20 times in those two years before we said, yeah, this is the one. Okay, we'll take it. We'll, well do it. I have not held and one. And that's how that got started here is that my, my son was a distributor here uh, for... Uh, Aria guitars, but he didn't want to be a distributor. He wanted to own a guitar company, <clears throat> which is called Wilson Brothers. Right. Well, and uh, that's how that happened. So he got guitars from Japan, and uh, you know, then there were some of them made in in Korea, uh, which are, they're still good guitars. And now China is coming through like crazy. You know, I mean, really? anything. Uh, you know, used to come from China was suspect. People think was not good. <laughs> right. But that's not true anymore. You know, it's quality stuff. Quality stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I have not held one. I play guitar myself, but uh -huh. uh, I've seen them. They look great, and I, I would. Yeah. I'm going to try out try one out soon. Yeah, you should. Yeah, I definitely will. Don, can you tell us about your induction into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and uh, how that all came about, how you got the phone call, and uh, what the whole experience was uh, for the Ventures as you were uh, standing there on stage being honored? Well, you know, we were eligible for 22 years before they found out we're worthy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and everybody assumed that we were already in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, but we were not. And so um, the radio, a radio <laughs> station here and uh, a disc jockey named Mark Christopher mm -hmm. uh, had uh, taken, uh, you know, like things to, to, for people to sign that should the, the venture be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. He must have gotten 20,000 signatures. And then the uh, Washington State uh, Lieutenant Governor here, uh, he wanted to... You know, get us into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame too. Sure. Because here we are from Washington State, and he figured we're deserving, and and so he got a lot of signatures too, and it all you know kind of put a little bit of pressure on, I guess, on, <laughs> on the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame because right. uh, they nominate you. 
Right. And, you know, a lot of them don't make it. Well, that's true. They're nominated, but they don't, uh, they, they don't get into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. The first time we were nominated, we got in. Yeah. And there are some artists that have been nominated three times and have never gotten in. I know. Isn't that crazy? And then they have bands like uh, Run DMC, who's a rap band, get into the yeah. Rock and Roll Hall well, of we, Fame. We went in with Madonna. <laughs> what kind of rock is that? Yeah. <laughs> you know? I, it leaves you scratching your head. It really does. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, well, they have to diversify, I suppose, and keep up with what's going on, what they consider to be rock and roll. Right. I and don't, but they do, I guess. I, I agree know. with you. I think, therefore, there's the, uh, there's the argument. What is rock and roll? Yeah, well, that's true. But, you know, when we did get, uh, you know, go for the honor and uh, got inducted. Uh, they had a big deal out of it, you know. They made sure. a big deal out of it. But before we went out there, uh, waiting to go through the doors to get up on stage, Billy Joel was one of the presenters. Mm -hmm. And uh, he was back there. And he said to me, he said, you know, <laughs> one of the very first songs I ever learned on the piano was Walk, Don't Run. Is that right? Yeah. And I'm <laughs> saying, really? <laughs> I said, can I quote you on that? And he said, yeah, sure. That's, I, that's true. I said, oh, man, thank you. That's great. Oh, well, the and list. The, you know, I will tell you one of the biggest, uh, uh, I, I, well, let's stick with the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Sure. Anyway. Uh, yeah, it was quite an honor, and uh, we did uh, Walk, Don't Run in Hawaii Five O, mm -hmm. and um, uh, Hawaii Five O, we had uh, David Letterman's band. Yeah, Paul Schaefer. Yeah, Paul Schaefer, who is the nicest guy you ever met, and uh, you know a terrific musician, no doubt about it. Sure. And uh, you know we rehearsed with him and and the group and all that, and he backed us up on Hawaii Five O. We did Walk, Don't Run first, mm -hmm. and then we did Hawaii Five-0. We got a standing ovation on Hawaii Five-0. Of course, why wouldn't well, you? When I was watching out in the audience. The very first one to stand up to give us a standing ovation was Tom Hanks. <laughs> <laughs> and then, of course, they almost all stood up at the same time, but he was happened to just be the very first one. Not bad for a boy from Tacoma. Yeah, how about that? That is a... Yeah. It's and then anyway, the, another what I consider to be a, a monster honor is we did, uh, um, uh, what would you call it, oh, a tribute to Les Paul. Yes. And uh, it was in Cleveland, and he was 93 years old. Of course, he passed away now at 94. But... Um, uh, there was all kinds of guitar players there to honor him. I'm Slash, Dwayne Eddy, uh, you know, so many of them. Right. And, uh, Great guitar players. Yeah. Oh, yeah, monster. So anyway, I uh, got a chance to talk to, to Les, and uh, I said, uh, you know, Les, uh, my partner and I started uh, a group called The Ventures in 1958. And his eyes lit up, and he said, walk, don't run. <laughs> I, mean, I would never know Les Paul. <laughs> you know, I mean, he was our <laughs> idol, for God's sakes. Right. And so, you know, he said, walk, don't run. I said, yeah. Wow. And he said, well, you know, the writer of, of uh, walk, don't run, uh, who is a jazz guitarist named Johnny Smith, right. he wanted me to record that. 
uh, he had called me, wanted me to record it, but I was too busy with my own recordings. And uh, you know, if he would have recorded it, it would just—it would have been an album, you know, sure. for him because it was not. He wouldn't have played it in a rock like we did. But anyway, that one of the biggest compliments I've ever had from somebody of his stature, he said to me, "Yeah, I didn't have time to do it, but let me tell you something. When I heard you guys' version, you nailed it." Oh, that is high praise. Oh my God! Oh, I, less, I, I almost yeah. cried. Yeah. <laughs> Les Paul was the king. He was oh uh, the king, the yeah, king, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Now you have a, a CD out also with the Whalers called Two Car Garage. We do, and that was celebrating your 50th anniversary. How did that come about? And their 50th too. And their 50th as well. It's a yeah, that's, that's a monumental right. occasion. Well, I you know I I've uh, I've known the Whalers for a long time, and I think that they uh, should have been much bigger than they were. Uh, they had uh, Tall Cool One and, uh, you know, Shanghai and, sure. uh, uh, you know, so many other songs that w uh, most of the songs that we, I, I always tell them too. When I was learning how to play the guitar, you know, and I wanted to play rock and roll, yes, I wore out their album. I mean, those grooves turned white. <laughs> I played them over and over and over and played along with them. Those are I some... still have that album, that vinyl album. I wow. still have it. Those are so some talented anyway, guys. They were, uh, you know, they were looked up to and respected in Seattle and Tacoma, and they did do some instrumentals. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, about a lot of them, all we knew was their stuff. So we recorded about three or four songs of theirs, you know, Shanghai and Whalen. And, right. You know, now, you guys, are, did, because that's all we knew. Sure. And, well, and it was local and they were here and it was, uh, you know, you guys were all hanging around together and so forth. Yeah, that's right. Yep. Yep. Well, I wanted to ask you if there's uh, any instrumental groups nowadays uh, that you that you like, that you listen to. I, you know, I don't hardly listen to music. I, I listen more to talk, talk radio. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I have my, uh, you know, CDs that uh, I, I like. I like Green Day. Really? You know? Wow. Yeah, I do. Yeah. And oh, it's a good band. Some things that uh, you know, some of these hard rock bands have. Uh, there are a few uh, songs in there that I got to say, wow, I really like that. Yeah. And they can ballad out too. You know what I mean? Oh, sure. Yeah. No, Green Day. There's some really good, really oh, good bands gosh. out and, there. Um, you know, even uh, can't think of the name. Mm. Well, anyway. <laughs> All right. Well, they're, they're very popular and they have been for a long time. And I heard some of their things that, uh, you know, listen to an album. And there was a couple of songs in there that I thought were really great. So, yeah. But, um, you know, generally, I, I it's like I said, I uh, mostly talk radio. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, a, that's smart. You get smart that way. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All yeah. right. Well, our guest today is Don Wilson. And, Don, uh, we really, really appreciate the time. I feel like I always feel like I just scratched the surface with you legends. And there's uh -huh. so much more to the story and so much to be told. And I hope we can connect again sometime and, and get into something. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, and get and into By the way, yes. you know, we're talking about surf rock. If you're going to call us a, a surf group, let's take advantage of it. We just put out an album called Surf and Guitars. There you go. You know, Wipe Out Pipeline. Yes. And Walk Don't Run 64 and, you know, a whole album. I mean, a whole CD full of it. A whole CD full of the and surfing songs. really like it. Uh, anybody I've that has bought it or I've given it to, they, they're crazy about it. Well, we're so going to... if they want to make us a surf group, okay. <laughs> You'll be one. <laughs> well, we'll have I'll a link. whatever they want me to be. That's right. Well, and when you're a Rock and Roll Hall of Famer, you can do whatever you want. Yeah, you're darn right. <laughs> well, we're going to have a... <laughs> we'll have a link to that up on our site. But before we let you go, we, yeah. we have what we call the Big Ten. It's just ten quick uh, questions just to get... The audience to get to know you better and okay. uh, we'll roll through these our, our big 10 today is with don wilson of course of the ventures your favorite food without a doubt chicken yes <laughs> fried chicken boiled chicken roasted chicken <laughs> any kind, any of, chicken. kind of chicken very good uh, now, people tell me you don you could eat chicken for breakfast and they're right i could <laughs> <laughs> is that hard is it hard to get in japan or no no, not hard at all. No, okay. No. <laughs> Maybe some chicken sushi. As long as you know where the uh, uh, the uh, Colonel's Chicken is. No, you're good to go. <laughs> because that's, they have, uh, you know, like, uh, not McDonald's, but they have uh, different uh, copies of McDonald's there <laughs> that make some pretty decent chicken, too. Oh, very good. Yeah. Now, Don, do you remember the first car that you ever bought? Yeah, the first car I ever bought? Yes. Uh, <clears throat> I started selling newspapers, not a route, because there's Fort Lewis out here. Yes. Which is a monster army post. Of course. And uh, when I was 11 years old, I got picked up from grade school, for God's sakes, and I, <laughs> they uh, took uh, three or four of us out there to sell papers. And I sold papers. I saved my money. I, I wanted a car so bad, you know. And uh, so, you know, I let's get to from 11 years old to 16 years old. I, I had actually saved about $300. Wow. Which was a, a fortune at that time. Absolutely, yes. And I saw a 36 Ford that was for sale in front of the gas station on Highway 99, more out towards, and you would know, out towards Duke. DuPont, you know? Absolutely, yes. <laughs> or Ponder's Corner. <laughs> yes. <laughs> anyway, uh, and uh, it had a for sale sign on it. Yeah. And they wanted, uh, I don't know, I think uh, uh, $350 or something. And uh, me and my dad went out there, and, and we talked him down to what money I had, which was uh, which was $300. And that was a, a 35 Ford. Wow. And it was called a Phaeton. <laughs> and it's a, it's a four-door convertible. I've wow. never seen another one. Ah, you probably wish you had it back. I wish I had every car I ever owned back. <laughs> so do I. That was the first car I ever owned was a 35 Ford, yeah, with mechanical brakes yet. Wow, very nice. Now, yep. Don, do you have a favorite sports team? Um, 
Do you watch sports at all? Well, that's that's kind of hard to say. I, yeah, I do like sports. Uh, of course, we have the Seahawks here. Yes. Um, and we have the Mariners. And, uh, of course, I'm a home kind of guy, so they would be absolutely my favorite teams. Very definitely. good. Well, yeah. I think you kind of covered this one, but I'm going to ask you again. What was your first paying job? <laughs> First paying job, yeah, was uh, newspapers. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you nailed it. You know, it. those newspapers went for five cents apiece. Is that right? And every one I sold, I got two cents for. So you can imagine, from the time I was 11 to 16, every two cents went in somewhere. You sold you know, for a... every paper that I sold. So yeah. uh, to get to three hundred dollars. Yeah, wow. you sold a boatload of papers there. Yeah, I did. You must have been persuasive. Well, you know, you go through the barracks, and uh, what you do is, you you know, you wake them up. I remember I used to say, paper, Seattle Times, you know. (laughs) And uh, the best job was, like, at the hospital, you know. Oh, right, yeah. Because those guys didn't have anything to, uh, you know, they're laying in bed, they want... They want something to read, and that, that was the best job. And after I'd been there for a couple of years, I'll be darned if I didn't get that job. Oh, very good. Madigan, and I sold three times more than I used to sell just to, to out in the barracks, you know. Well, look at Don, little entrepreneur there. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> now, Don, if you're working around the house or uh, you're working on your car, what is your favorite tool to work with? Favorite tool? Oh my gosh, probably a screwdriver. It's about the only thing I know, or a Phillips. There you go. <laughs> There's a loose nut or bolt, or, or, or you know, uh, I can tighten it. That's about how good I am with tools. <laughs> now, now, Don, do you remember the first album or first 45 that you ever bought? Well, you know, my mom was the very first one to buy me any. Uh, record or vinyl or whatever it was that I had, and it happened to be Eddie Arnold. Do you remember Eddie Arnold? Oh, sure. My dad listened to him all the time. Yeah. He, well, anyway, she that was the very first one I ever had. Yeah. And she bought me that, and, uh, you know, she liked... And he wasn't real heavy-duty country either. No. I think they called him the country gentleman or something. But, That's uh, right. In fact, but, he was... Uh, uh, you know, as far as, uh, you know, the... The real twang, he wasn't. No. And uh, she liked him a lot, and she thought that I would, I guess. And I think for my birthday around probably when I was, I don't know, 13, 14 years old. That's amazing, because, yeah, yeah. My, my dad listened to Eddie Arnold all the time. Yeah, yeah. He had some great songs, too. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Yeah. <laughs> I enjoyed him. I, you know, I grew up in Texas, so we got a lot of that stuff. So. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay, Don, if you have time and if you sit down you're watching TV, what's a can't-miss TV show for you right now? Uh, I, I like documentaries. Okay. I love documentaries. I hardly ever watch anything else. Um, or, or mystery, uh, you know, a real, true uh, true crime. Real true crime, right. yeah. Okay. I like those kind of mysteries and how they catch the bad guy. Right, so you're locked into History Channel and oh, yeah. Crime uh, TV. Forensic Files or whatever <laughs> they call it. I love that kind of stuff. Right, very good. Yeah. Now, uh, what was the last movie that you saw? Last movie I saw, wow. 
Probably because uh, we had a song in it. <laughs> it had Hawaii Five O in it, and it was an animated picture, but I can't remember the name of it. Um, was it the Walt Disney film? No, it wasn't. Uh, I, I I can't remember. But they have a part two out now, so I don't know. Oh yeah, okay. I'll look that up. I have to look that up. Yeah. Okay. Um, and do you remember, or who was the last concert that you attended that wasn't your own concert? <laughs> yeah, the Whalers. Oh, you went and saw the Fabulous Whalers. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Very good. I'm sure they, they played up in the casino right close to me. Here. Oh, okay. Very good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. If somebody's buying around, or you're sitting down to uh, to en- enjoy a tall, cool one, what's your favorite drink? Uh, as far as I, I, I'm not much of an alcohol drinker. Yeah, it could be you any know. drink. I, I mean, I, I I used to be a social drinker. I've never been a, a big on alcohol drinking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I suppose uh, you know I, I'm I'm a, I'm a kind of a, a sissy when it comes to alcohol. <laughs> I, I'd probably I'd probably order a mai tai. <laughs> <laughs> no, but anyway, no. Um, for soft drinks, I, I'm a real root beer lover. Oh, very good. I just love root beer. I don't know why. I, I have three different kinds brands, which I won't mention. But okay, <laughs> you know, I, I just trade off on different tastes of root beer. <laughs> well, when you come down, we'll go down to Frisco Freeze and get ourselves a root beer. How about that? Hey, how about that? All right. <laughs> All right. The last of the Big Ten. We always okay. ask this of our Northwest guest: What is your favorite place in the northwest uh i think uh you know i'm i'm living in a quite different place now than tacoma sure uh or or seattle it's uh i'm overlooking a lake and it's called lake sammamish oh that's beautiful i have a 180 degree view of the lake and uh i guess this is my favorite place Beautiful. It's my favorite place. I love my house, and and uh, you know, I the sunsets are beautiful here. If it's not cloudy, <laughs> you know, which a lot of the times it is. But when it's beautiful here, it's beautiful. And, and the the one problem is that I haven't seen a summer here since 1962. Oh, because you're on the road all the time. I'm I'm in Japan. Right. Right. Yeah, I leave here uh, in June and don't come back till October. <laughs> <laughs> and you miss all the best time. Yeah, I do. That's right. <laughs> we'll send you pictures. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> okay, well, before we let you go, Don, I just want to ask this on behalf of all the up-and-coming uh, musicians. Okay. Uh, lots of bands around our area and around the country and around the world who yep. are you know, getting together. They're practicing in garage. They're, they're wondering what to do. Any bit of advice that you could offer them? Yeah, uh, what we did was we had a dream, and that dream came true, and in a short time. And, uh, you know, there's an old joke of somebody walking down the street in New York, and the guy says, uh, how, how, how do, uh, let's see, what was it? Uh, uh, it's a real popular place there where they have symphonies and stuff. Carnegie Hall. Carnegie Hall, yes. Yeah, the guy says, for directions, how do I get to Carnegie Hall? And the guy says, practice, practice, practice. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's, uh, you know, is, there's a lot of bands, too, and uh, you have to do it to if you want to work. And that's playing top 40 stuff, other people's music. <clears throat> but every once in a while, throw in an original. Right. 
because that's the only way you're going to get discovered if you want to really be in the business. You know, they're not going to take you playing a Green Day song or, uh, you know, whoever else. Right. Uh, anybody can do that. But you have to show yourself off and your talent, and if you can write for yourself, there's the, the, the big advantage. You write your own material. Right. You know, and uh, you can sound like somebody else. I mean, you have to, you know. Dwayne Eddy was one of my heroes when we first started. Oh, nice. So, yeah. you know, I mean, uh, I, we kind of not patterned ourselves uh, after anybody, but... Uh, uh, he was an influence, and sure. everyone is in the back of your mind. You know what I mean? Sure, of course, yes. And all those sounds are in the back of your mind, so uh, they come out when you start playing. And, you know, Les Paul Parts and uh, uh, Chet Atkins and all those people <laughs> and Dwayne Eddy were big uh, influences on me. Well, that that is those are sage words, and I hope everybody out there listens to them. Uh, Don, it's been an absolute pleasure, a, a total honor to speak with you. Uh, we're so proud of you, especially being here in Tacoma and all uh -huh. the great things that you've done in your career and giving us a reason to hope and dream and, and, and think big thoughts because you guys did it, and it's just been amazing. Yeah, we, and another thing, too, if I may. Sure. It is... Uh, I didn't learn to play the guitar really seriously in earnest until I was 24 years old. So it's not too late for yeah. anybody. It's not too late. You know, somebody, ah, hell, I'm too old. I'm, I'm 27 years old. Or, <laughs> or I'm, you know, people don't care how old you are anymore. Just as long as you're good. As long as you're good and as long as they like your music. Doesn't matter. That's correct. All right, Don. Well, thank you so very much. Thank you, Don. It's been an honor and a pleasure. I really appreciate it. Okay, well, thank you for having me. Man, I tell you, I, I could have talked to Don all day long. Yes. I mean, the stories, he, he it's, again, it's like scratching the surface. Been around so long, played with so many bands. That's, that's a half century of rock and roll right there. And from Tacoma. Uh, it's awesome, man. I mean, it's just that that was a big deal for us. I hope you enjoyed that, and I hope you realize that uh, it's not that often that we get to talk to somebody of such legendary status. So we want to thank Don Wilson for that, and best of luck to the Ventures on their trip to uh, to Japan again this summer. <laughs> he told us, he said, he, he always misses the Northwest summers. He doesn't even know what it's like here because they're in Japan every summer. Those guys love them. But, hey, it's time for some birthdays, folks. Now, with Birthdays of the Living, here's a Northwest Convergence Zone's own Prince of the Piñata, Big D. Hey, that's our boys. Yeah. And gal, Beat Seed right there. I like that. Maybe we'll stick with this. That is good. That's some good birthday music. All right. Yeah, because it makes you want to party. Get and, up and dance around. And blow candles out. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, Birthdays of the Living this week. I love this. I've seen this guy several times, and a lot of people don't know that I've like country music. Well, because I grew up in Texas, you kind of like it. Anyway, Merle Haggard, born on the 6th in 1937. The Oki from Muskogee. Oki from Muskogee, man. What a, what a, that's a true living legend. I'd love to chat with him. Uh, also, this guy, born on the 9th in 1926 and still mixing it up with the ladies, Hugh Hefner. That's right. He, he progressed from twins to what, triplets now? Oh, she, well, I don't even know what he's on now. 
Well, I know he's on Viagra. Yeah, that's. (laughs) He made no bones about that. All right. Well, and this other guy is another one of our all-time favorites. He was born on the 10th in 1936. He has a stellar game named after him. Every year it comes out. This year it's Madden 010. John Madden. That's right. The only thing is, is the curse. You don't want to be on the cover. Don't be of that on the game. cover. Yeah, he he offered that to us, and we rejected it. <laughs> no, we don't need any more curses. <laughs> All right. Well, let's yeah. go to the other side. Birthdays from beyond. Here's a Northwest Convergence Homes answer to Art Bell, Big Joe. All right. Well, this is uh, some. Uh, Elton John blues here, and we yes. start with a blues masters. I'm sure he influenced uh, Elton and all those guys. Oh yeah, they, they uh, the English Invasion guys. They they loved all the uh, American blues stylists. Uh, April 4th, 1915, just makes you want to go. Don 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 don. Don don don. I got a black cat bone. <laughs> Muddy Waters. Yeah. 94 years old, uh, playing the blues up in heaven. I'm sure. Man. Well, maybe he's not blue anymore. I don't. Oh, no. Yeah, how does that work? He's probably happy. He's playing the sunshine. <laughs> That's right. Uh, April 6th, 1866, a true outlaw. And also, as we learned, the inspiration for the name yeah. of the whole Bolivian army. Yeah, one of the bands two weeks ago. Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Butch Cassidy would have been 143 years old if he would have jumped off that cliff with uh, uh, Robert Redford. <laughs> and died young. <laughs> the, the fall will kill you. <laughs> <laughs> Famous last words. Uh, right. <laughs> and April 10th, 1921, not last, not least, not last, but not least. Uh, you spit it out for me, Daryl. All right. Last but not least. Last but not least. That's right. The Rifleman. Chuck Connors Lucas McCain would have been 88 years old and also a little trivia. Played both professional baseball and professional basketball. Yeah, I bet Double D knew that. No. <laughs> Did you ever watch The Rifleman? No, I, I have no idea what that means. You know, the what? The rifleman? Yeah. It was a TV show. And he had a rifle and he shot people. And he was a rifle and he was a man and he walked around (laughs) shooting folks. I thought you said it was baseball. (laughs) Well, yes, he was a. Sometimes he would turn it around and swing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Okay. As a game Uh, broke out on the prairie. (laughs) (laughs) He was always prepared, that Chuck Honor man, I'm going to tell you. All right. Well, you know, let's go. uh, This is always interesting for us because. It's one thing, you know, to talk to an absolute legend, Rock and Roll Hall of Famer. That's that's an amazing thing. We also love and dig the local scene. And we like to talk to up-and-coming bands. And there's a band out of uh, Gig Harbor that we think is really going places. And they are uh, pretty new to the scene, getting things going. And they're working on a brand-new CD. The name of the band is Talk Johnny. Listen to these guys. I think you're going to like them. And I'm telling you, watch uh, watch around the sound because they're going to be playing a lot. And you're going to want to go check these guys out. Let's hear from Talk Johnny. Okay, everybody, we are in the studio today with a great local band. And you know how we like to support the local guys. And the name of the band is Talk Johnny. We have Drew, Jacob, and Thomas in here with us. Guys, welcome to the program. Glad to be here. Thanks for having us. All right. And so you guys are basically uh, based out of Gig Harbor, is that correct? Yeah, that's where we do most of our stuff out of practice and all that. Uh, Drew's from Port Orchard and Thomas from Bremerton. So okay, so we'll spread out. Tell us how, well, first of all, the name of the band, Talk Johnny. Tell us how that came about. What, how did that name come to play? Go for it, Drew. Well, uh, we had this older drummer in our band for a really long time, and he was like, 
he had to have been in his 40s. <laughs> and uh, yeah. and he had kids. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Did you say older? Oh, yeah. <laughs> he was older than us. He wasn't old. <laughs> yeah. But, <laughs> but he, uh, like twice our age. But he had four kids, and one of them was a little bit slower. And his name was Johnny. And we had been struggling over band names for so long. And our old band was called One Week Throttle Fix. And we just realized that wasn't really doing the job. It wasn't memorable. And one day... Uh, Jacob and Norius, who was our old drummer, were chilling out at uh, Norius's house, and they're watching some family videos or something. And uh, we always would try to get Johnny to talk because he was kind of slower, and we like, "Come on, Johnny, talk, talk." And <laughs> so Jacob was like, "Hey, talk, Johnny. That's kind of catchy." And we realized that was a name that didn't really define us to a certain genre, and mm-hmm. it allowed us to, you know, stretch our musical limits and not have any boundaries to Very our name. Good. Yeah. So. so yeah, speaking of your music, it's uh, it, it does have. It seems to have a lot of different flavor and influences in it. Can you tell us a little bit about who influenced you guys? Who are you guys listening to? What what uh, what kind of music, you know, do you listen to to get amped up or to write your write your tunes? Well, I think all of our uh, musical influences are across the charts. Like I'm more of a metalhead, and Jacob's more of a girl music type guy, and <laughs> Thomas listens to classical music, and. Movie music or whatever it's called. Girl music. Define, define girl music. You know, like boys like girls and... Uh... Well, actually, Drew, <laughs> Drew listens to boys like girls. Uh, oh, I do, I do. I, I like more like 30 Seconds to Mars, Angels and Airwaves, uh, stuff like that. Um, he stole my iPod like a year ago, so I don't really listen to music since then. <laughs> Thomas, what are you listening to? Uh, I listen to a lot of instrumental rock. I like to... Uh, anything that has a lot of, I guess, ambient ambient flavor to it and a lot of 90s i guess kind of punk like at the drive-in and Mm -hmm. fugazi and stuff like that well nothing wrong with some fugazi yeah all right well let's uh let's go into a little bit of uh talk johnny's music this is a song called perfect poison our guest is talk johnny the song is yeah, perfect nice. poison yeah, yeah our guest talk johnny That's who's good. the guitar player um, uh go for it <laughs> all right me and jacob are both the guitar players yeah so. good guitar work there uh very very catchy tunes uh tell us about playing around the sound where do you guys play uh where can people uh, mostly catch you do you guys uh you guys have trouble finding spots to play or are you guys doing pretty good we're doing pretty good i mean port orchard we play a lot it seems like uh we have a lot of and friends out there. Um, Gig Harbor, too. Yeah, Gig Harbor's decent, I guess. But yeah, usually the farther away we get, it seems like the better, more receptive they are, I guess. More uh, smaller communities, I would guess, too. Yeah. Like little pockets and random places. Like Snohomish. Duvall. Yeah, very cool. Duvall. Oh, great. Thomas, where are you playing? 
Uh, I play bass. You play bass? Yeah. Okay. And uh, real quick, we got to give some props to Matt, the merchandise guy. Yeah. <laughs> He's here, too. Yeah. yeah. You always got to get in, in good with the merchandise guy. Yeah, because then you get free stuff. Uh, <laughs> what, do you, right, well, what do you got in the 2X uh, range? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for the big boys. So now you guys have a your website basically right now is your MySpace page. You guys want to give that out? Uh, yeah, sure. It'd be uh, myspace.com slash talkjohnny. Make sure Johnny is spelled J-O-N-N-Y. Correct. Yeah, All I was the just... time, it's, there's a, somebody puts an H in it, and they get... And then some... I get the friend request. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's his URL. <laughs> yeah, yeah. we need to hook up with you guys on my, on uh, Facebook, that's for sure. Uh, okay, so talk, Johnny. You guys uh, have an uh, EP that you're working on, is that correct? Yeah. And how many songs are going to be on your EP? Hopefully around six or so. I'd say around that. And are you guys shopping around to labels or anything? You got a, any interest? Hopefully getting this, uh, definitely interested in doing that. Um, we've talked to a couple so far, but I guess mainly trying to get the uh, get this CP done and then start shopping that out and then hopefully get enough money raised together to get a nice uh, professionally mixed and mastered uh, guy once we have enough songs and choose five of our best and just... Uh, so now, how did you guys yeah. find each other? I, I I know you said uh, this is a different incarnation of your original band and so forth. How did you guys find each other? Well, it was me and a uh, some other guys playing around for a long time, a lot heavier band, and then uh, needed another guitarist, and so we found uh, I found Drew on Facebook. Ended up I knew him like years back, lost contact with him for like four <laughs> years, and randomly found him again. I was like, oh, you should come jam with us, and uh, so he kind of just fit right in after the first practice. We're like, yeah. And, um, yeah, then after that, uh... I actually had knew, known Thomas, yeah. knew Thomas, or whatever the, next part. whatever the proper English is. <laughs> <laughs> back, uh, back when we were kids, we used to shoot home movies, like, war movies and stuff, and we got really into it and stuff, and then we just, like, completely lost contact with each other, and he came out with one of my other friends to one of our shows, and I was like, whoa, that's my buddy Thomas, I haven't seen you in, like, years, <laughs> and we talked a little bit on MySpace, and... Me and Jacob had this old bassist, and he just wasn't really cutting it. So uh, we had to let him go. And when we let him go, we started looking around for new bassists. And uh, Thomas, we had a show coming up, and it was a really big show with this big band called Manetta that we love. And uh, we were like, we have to play because we have this opportunity. And The day know, before the show. The day before the show. <laughs> the day before the show, mind you. I uh, sent out requests to all these different bassists that I knew, and I had been talking to him socially while I was doing this, and I was like, wait a second. Thomas totally told me that he played bass. So I asked him, and the day of the show, he came out and he learned our entire set and played the set with us, and we were like, oh, let's keep him. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, you wouldn't believe how many bands we have in here who have met on Craigslist, Facebook, <laughs> MySpace. What did bands do before the internet age <laughs> to find each other? Newspaper. All right, well, let's go into a, uh, yeah, The Stranger, the back of The Stranger, <laughs> Musicians Wanted. Let's go into another song. This is titled Pacific Ocean. Our guests talk Johnny. Everything 
So the name of the song is Pacific Ocean. Our guest talked, Johnny. You guys got a, a nice big sound out of that. That's I enjoy that. Yeah, that's some really good. good good stuff. And so when you uh, when you go into your writing mode and everything, is it a collaboration? Who does the lyrics? Uh, how do do you all bring in some music and then you know sift through it and then a song comes out of it? What's the process on that? Usually, I just. Tell them to shut up and uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't like your ideas. Yeah. No, uh, um, El Presidente Jacob. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, usually, well, because like right now we have to do a lot of programming, uh-huh. and I'm the one with the MacBook, so uh, I guess I take advantage of that somewhat. <laughs> but um, kind of come out with ideas on here, send it to them. They'll be like, "Oh, we don't like this," and. I'll be like, oh well, no. They, then they will change. They'll change around. They'll have their not their ideas. He'll Too write his bass parts to it. Um, we'll work on vocal melodies and stuff, and uh, you know, we'll just jam out sometimes and write songs if we, uh, you know, have the time. So, what do you uh, see for yourselves as a band? What do you guys have some goals in mind? Do you have uh, you have high aspirations? Or are you guys just enjoying the ride while it while it takes you know takes you wherever it goes? Oh yes, we definitely have high aspirations. Like this is a uh, this is our goal to make it, you know, to get signed on the label, just like everyone's dream should be if yeah. you play music. Well, not necessarily, but new age bands, I guess. Yeah. Like, <laughs> we don't, we, we have, we enjoy doing it, Yeah. but it's definitely our goal is to make it, you know, make money doing it, make enough to sustain ourselves while we're on the road. Yeah, definitely. Well, I think you guys are on the way. Oh, the places you guys uh, played so far, any favorites, uh, venues that you really like being at? Uh... I would have to say most of the venues that are the best shows are actually churches that we've played, <laughs> believe it or not. Or you're like, oh, I don't think this show's going to be good. And I'm like, wow, look at all these people. And then you know, it's always like a pretty yeah, fun. Yeah, like we just played Snohomish Church. And I mean, I, like we played there once before. Um, and we went out there and it was just, it was packed. And, you know, people are really receptive because a lot of those kids, you know, Either their parents say they can't go to a show, or right. they haven't seen a band out there. They're out there to I, have fun, compared to just like you guys. Yeah, we're cool, right, you know. Right. We're hardcore punk, or <laughs> <laughs> you guys suck. <laughs> yeah, well, well, just don't get kicked out because we've had some uh, some bands and comedians who signed up to go to churches and <laughs> and they got yanked off stage. <laughs> well, uh, oh yeah, we don't get that. Speaking of playing, uh, what are your uh, instruments of choice? What are you guys playing right now, brand wise? Oh, like for me, I'm a big fan of like the LTD ESPs. Like I have a LTD ESP Viper, and I I I love it's got 8185 active EMG pickups. Sweet. So that's what I got. I have the Schecter Hellraiser with the 8185s, but uh, really want to get a Telecaster for. I had the other guitar for a heavier band, and now I want to move to like a Tele soon. But I got one sitting right over here. Oh, not a that guy. You know what's up? (laughs) Uh, I play a Schecter Stiletto. Excellent. It's, uh, really light and has a smooth tone to it. Yeah, well, let's listen to these instruments in action. Our next song that we're going to uh, play here, this is titled When White is Black. Our guest is Talk Johnny. And I don't know the truth because I've never been told. I stand up to fight just to die all alone. And I Question my soul, cause my soul questions me And I'd run till the end if I knew I'd be free And the light seems so dark and the dark so right As I wander through life in the darkness of night Everything's black, but still I'm blind 
of the song is When White is Black, Our Guest Talk Johnny. That's some great stuff right there, guys. Yeah, really nice. <clears throat> yeah, I hope you guys, uh, you know, stick it out, stay together. So you know, young bands, there's always a rough road, and, you know, sometimes you get discouraged and stuff. But I really think you guys have a great sound, and I, th- I think everybody should pick up the CP and put it on some heavy rotation. These guys are good. Yeah, definitely. Got to ask you a quick one. If someone's coming to town and uh, you hear about it, as far as going to see somebody else play besides yourselves, mm-hmm. which I guess technically that would be kind of hard to do. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I got I'll, wireless, so I can do that. Do you? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> unless, unless you're being filmed or something. <laughs> so uh, you hear someone's coming to town, who do you absolutely have to go see? Uh, for me, it's definitely Miss May I. I'm a big Miss May I fan, so that's me. Me, probably Under Oath or Muse. Okay. Oh, I have no idea. Um <laughs> Uh, there's this band called Explosions in the Sky. They uh, they know how to set a atmosphere. Cool. <laughs> yeah. All right, you... Matt, Matt, lean over there. How about you? Um, I'm like Drew. I'm a big Miss May I fan. Really like that metal stuff. Cool. All I right. You get down there and let the heads bang, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, our guest today has been Talk Johnny, and they're on MySpace at Talk Johnny. That's uh, J O. N-N-Y. Look them up. There's also a link on our website to them. And we look forward to your EP coming out. And uh, when it comes out, let us know, and uh, we'll you know direct people that way. I think people are going to dig your sound. I, I hope you guys, like I said, continue on with uh, with what you got going. Before we leave, are you guys, uh, you guys want to send a shout-out to anybody? You guys working anywhere? Uh, anything going on with you guys? No, I hate everyone here. No, I'm, just, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I, I don't. Especially Wonder Boy. No, oh, not Wonder Boy. I love you, Wonder Boy. <laughs> you guys have jobs? You guys, uh, where are we working? Uh, I'm I'm working for a landscape company called Fredrickson Landscape, and uh, it's kind of like iffy right now because we're all getting ready to move to Federal Way, so we're trying to look for something that's a little bit closer to home. I heard Subway's hiring. <laughs> Actually, yeah, I'm going there. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, hey, guys, we want to thank you guys so much for coming in, and uh, we've become big fans. I really like the music. Keep us informed and up to date, and when things hit big for you, don't forget us. We won't. All right. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Yeah, thanks a lot. All right. We want to thank Talk Johnny for coming in, and, of course, we want to thank Don Wilson for being here. And that's it for this week. That's enough, right? I think, uh, oh, no, let's do this week in rock. What am I talking? Sorry, Joe. (laughs) I was about to uh, skip on out of here. Let's go into this week in rock before I lose my mind. He's a doctor of rock himself, Big Joe, with this week in music history. All right. This one is pretty significant here in the Northwest, and uh, we can't forget this. Uh, April. I can't believe I almost skipped it. I know. Well, that's all right. Nice comeback. Thank you. Uh, April 5th, 1994, Kurt Cobain ended his life at his Seattle home with a shotgun blast to the head, unfortunately. Yeah. His body, and this is not very nice either, wasn't discovered for three days. Until an electrical contractor found him in his bedroom. Uh, thought he was sleeping. Thought he was sleeping with the shotgun next to his head, just for safety. Uh, well, when you're married to Courtney. That's right. You can see why. <laughs> yes. Did he have an arsenal? Uh, his uh, suicide note said he just no longer felt the excitement in his music anymore, which is sad because uh, we lost an important figure here in the I Northwest. I think he had a lot more to give. Yeah, a lot more. 
Oh, well, right. That's this week in music. Maybe he's playing with Muddy Waters up there. <laughs> that's right. Be, uh, yeah, they don't have the blues no more. Interesting mix. So, all right. Well, thanks, Big Joe. Sorry I almost skipped that. But, uh, okay, now for real, <laughs> we're out of here. <laughs> all right, folks. Thanks for tuning in. And, again, hope you had a happy Easter and you have a great week coming up. This is Big D. And Big Joe. Double D. And this has been the Northwest Convergence Zone. Where all things come together. We'll see you guys next week. of the Northwest Convergence Zone. Email us at nwconvergencezone at gmail.com.